go and not chuck my phone on silent in case you get an important call well it's highly unlikely that I'll get a call of any nature even more unlikely that I'll get an important call ever yeah I mean what even is an important call that's a fair question um, this may have to come up on a podcast it might are we we're not, uh, I'm, don't we're actually know do I hit that no no it is recording oh but we probably haven't started what no, it actually really. is I've been I'm assuming you haven't listened to the podcast again that is correct. One of these days, you should. I, cha- I changed up the intro last time. Mm. Yeah. The cat has joined us as our first ever guest. So, suck it, Andrew Marshall. Yeah, sorry, mate. Right. Come on, Yuki. Are we? Are we? Have we started? Uh, no. Yuki, speak. Well, my thing's moving. Do you see that? Now, stop moving because I tightened the thing. You're probably not on there because every time you brush up against the mic, they have me irritating. Yuki. Yep. Uh, in that case, as has become customary. I want a podcast about beer or milk, thanks. Low fat, no fat, full cream, cream ale, pills, porter, red ale, milk stout, white ale, Pacific ale, or double dry hopped imperial IPA. I just want a podcast that talks about real beer and milk. Beer and milk talks about beer and milk. And for only 2% of the runtime, enjoy. Welcome to Beer and Milk, the world's best and forever will be the best podcast involving beer and milk. I feel that you've expanded that almost too far to the point where it might not be true anymore, but... Are I, you telling me that when I started it was true? Possibly. I mean... I don't know what I said. We're going... Neither do I. So this is difficult. I think we should move on. All right, done. Well, I'm Max. I'm Earl. We sure. are brothers. We are, for now. With a poor intro. That's a particularly poor Really bad. Really a, bad. We've got a long yeah. way to scale to be any good. we got to live. Uh, so today's episode is beer, milk, and... Oh, shit. I forgot. <laughs> I was going to say advertising, but it was sponsorship. It was definitely sponsorship. Beer, milk, and sponsorship. Because it comes with some almost big news. The uh, wow. wheels are turning. Uh, there's some things in the works. Um, there's, the, oh. It's been a surprising week in that it's come to my attention that we have more than one regular listener. Yeah, we're from all, all corners, in fact. Almost to the point of genuine momentum. Uh, you which, could say that. Like, it, it felt like we were actually being heard. Yeah. And that was really fun and funny. Yeah, so, uh, from multiple fronts too. I mean, we've, we've had people that, you know, neither of us know particularly well um, who have confirmed that they listen to the podcast. And to the point of, you know, commenting on particular aspects, which you, you can't just make that up if you haven't heard it. So now that we're celebrities, uh, I think we need to make a real effort to not let it go to our heads. We need to get down to business, keep just doing what made us famous in the first place. Yeah. We don't, <laughs> don't want to, yeah, we don't want to be, like, oh, hello, we're celebrities, yeah. we're a big deal, and then just lose ourselves and let our... We're not like Hamish and Andy. We're not going to just make a crap sort of TV show just to cash in on the fame. Unless someone offers to pay us to make a crappy TV show, and then 100% we would do that. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. (laughs) Something in it, even if it was just for the recognition. I'm not saying I'd even do it for pay. But But theoretically, we would not do it. Yeah, absolutely. Even though in practice, we absolutely would do it. Now, before we get on to beer, milk, or sponsorship, there was a an interesting discussion that came up in the pre-recording stage, which was, what if you get an important phone call? And you've turned your phone off on silent. And I posed the question, what is an important phone call? Um, you'd imagine anything involving probably 
life or death, the either end of the uh, of the sort of circle of life. I mean, most phone calls is a, is involve an unusual statement. Most <laughs> ends of the circle of life. Most phone calls involve life, but don't have much impact upon it. I'm thinking more about the beginnings of life. I feel like that could be considered important. So I guess my, so I've often been judged for not carrying a phone upon my person. For example, when I go traveling for years at a time and just don't have a phone for years at a time. Yeah, I've judged you for that. Yeah. So people often ask me, but what if something happens? And I'm like, what, what if what happened? Give me an example. And the examples are like, oh, what if, you know, some person is, you're, you're in danger. So you're, you're in Canada, you're hitchhiking and someone nasty shows up. And my answer to that is, I'm not going to be calling my mum <laughs> in Australia to protect me from someone who's 10 metres away from me trying to shoot me. I'm going to be running. Come on, mums are capable of superhuman feats That'd and strength be... especially, but you could imagine that, that would extend to teleportation. I could only imagine. <laughs> so I understand perhaps that if you are out in the wild and you get injured, that it might help to have a phone to call for help but i've often had a phone and just not had a sim card and emergency numbers still work so there's no point where you, you, there's a life that i'm aware of where a life and death situation requires a phone to help when some, when the shit is going down if you reach for your phone you're wrong i don't think that's always correct what if it's a medical situation that you're unable what if someone else is in you know has a medical condition such as a heart attack for example and you're just sitting there and you're like, sorry, my phone, I don't have a phone. Okay, so this is, a, I guess, a distinction between having a phone with no SIM card and having no phone at all. Because if you don't have a SIM card, you can still dial emergency numbers. Yeah, well, that's all right. And if you don't have a phone at all, then, well, they'll probably have one. <laughs> now, now, that's, I'll, I'm actually willing to stand by the fact that another reason you don't need a phone is because everyone else has one. <laughs> so you, you're just abiding by the sort of herd immunity. Herd immunity. Now, I, you could say, oh, but what if everyone else does? But in the real world, that's not the case. Almost everyone has a phone. Mm. So if you're one of the minority who don't, you're fine. Because if you ever need one, everyone's got one. You just that's need right. to have the necessary personality to be able to ask politely without <laughs> scaring someone away. So sort of a charisma of 20 is what you're saying. Twelve. What are you using football manager speak here, I imagine? Well, we could be. I was talking more geeky, like a Dungeons & Dragons style. But... By the way, 20 out of 20 is pretty high. Yeah, I, I don't even think, like, I think you could get by with 10 charisma. Yeah, I mean, if it's an emergency, you probably emergency. don't need a high charisma level, yeah. let's be honest. Anyway, uh, that's settled. Don't need a phone. Anyone thinks you do is a wuss. Let's get on to beer. <laughs> All right, so today I've brought on a special beer to my heart. It's, uh, it's often been my birthday beer. So it's a beer from Wolf of the Willows um, called the Lark barrel-aged Imperial JSP-4. Um, now, JSP stands for Johnny Smoked Porter, which is their smoked porter. Um, and it uh, comes in at a tasty 11.8% alcohol. So how many times has this been your birthday beer? Uh, I believe three. So they've had four releases, and I reckon I missed probably. So when you say birthday beer, you mean you bought it for yourself on your birthday? Yeah. You must feel so loved. I, I do. I yeah, love myself. <laughs> I'm glad. That's so, important, folks. Self-love. Yeah. So the first time I did it, and this is probably why it's become my birthday beer, I took it up to the summit on Buller for me um, and watched the sunset. So went up there, watched the, like, 
the snow on that bull are looking out over the valley to Mansfield. Everyone else brought up a six pack of something. I I'm glad a single can. I'm glad you said everyone else because it sounded like just you and a beer. And I was thinking, I'm not against the idea, but sounds a bit lonely. Well, I most uh, we had chats, but it was it was more about enjoying the environment. So it was people were just kind of enjoying the sunset. It wasn't okay. huge amounts of chatting. But to be clear, you were not standing there by yourself. No, okay. I was not. Um, so yeah, I did that. And it was just a really nice way to have a single beer over sort of an hour and a half. Whereas people... An hour and a half? Yeah, I think it was probably about that. It could have been. Ordinarily, I'd say it must have gotten warm, but some of the buller. Yeah. My, uh... In... When's your birthday again? Winter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that should be fine then. So, uh, actually, that's... 31st of August, so there was snow on the summit. My stubby holder was ice or snow. So yeah. there was... I, I can see that. I mean, apart from the fact that beer is gross, but the the fact that the temperature would stay low, I can respect. Joie de vie. Joie de vie? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. My French is not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll read a little bit more about it. Um, actually, so a couple of things. Uh, so Lark Barrel Aged, it means it's been aged in Lark whiskey barrels from is, Tasmania. Is Lark a bird? It is a bird, but it's also a distillery in Tasmania. Okay. Um, so that's where they're called Lark. I don't actually know why they're called Lark. Presumably after the bird, because I think their logo is a Lark. Okay. Um, so anyway, they get whiskey barrels from Lark in Tasmania, mm-hmm. and then they put their smoked porter in there and age. It does. I'll read out the back, because um, I think it says how long. So the Barrel Exchange Project 2021 is the fourth year in which Lark whiskey barrels were individually hand-selected based on our, their unique sensory characteristics. <laughs> Emptied of the whiskey... Filled with an imperial version of the Johnny Smoke Porter and left to age. The result is an imperial smoke porter rich with whiskey barrel aged flavours of vanilla, mocha, oak, peat, dark chocolate, molasses, truffles and espresso. The casks were emptied and then returned to back to the Lark Distillery where they were filled with a hand-selected single malt whiskey create the Wolf Release 4, a unique whiskey that reflects the characteristics of both the barrels and the beer. I love language. <laughs> and I, I, my instinct was to be repulsed by the obnoxious language, but then I realised that I actually love it. <laughs> because There was some comment earlier about how they selected the whiskey, the whiskey barrels. Mm. That was like no hand selected by sensory. Oh yes, uh, where are we? Hand selected based on their unique sensory characteristics. Unique sensory characteristics. Now translated, translated, <laughs> that means they had a look and they're like, oh yeah, that one looks good. And it probably smells all right, Mac. Maybe. Well, they're all going to smell the same. So that they've gone in there and they've been like, oh, that one looks good and probably won't leak. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, what we're that's, talking about yeah, here. That's possible. But I love it. English is language is a beautiful thing. It certainly is. Even when, although it can be misused by marketers. <laughs> All right, let's. The, so I'm just going to describe it from a distance. It looks black and the light's not on for some reason because the host didn't put the light on, which actually adds to it because the, the wolf is like a shadow with a. So you can see the jacket and it kind of fades into the, the darkness of the wolf. So it's a cool, it's a the, cool can. The wolf's wearing sort of a neon green almost um, dinner jacket with a black bow tie and then has a little uh, pipe and a golden lark on his shoulder by the way there's nothing almost about the green it's 100% green (laughs) (laughs) it was more about almost neon yeah it's almost neon it's definitely green (laughs) let's crack it the green (laughs) right let's open this one 
I'm just going to go out and say it wasn't a great opening sound, but I think that's because Mac, Mac stuffed it up and was a bit slow. Well, I've had some issues with the sound levels. So the first sound seems to work quite well, but the crack when you're opening the can on the audio levels is terrible. It, it's much louder than everything else we record, mm. and it just ruins the sound. So I pulled it away from the microphone a little bit. Moving on in our sensory experience to the visuals of the beer, and I'm really concerned because it's reminding me of the stout from last week. It's dark. It's like steeped shit. And I mean that literally, like really dark poo that has been mixed around in water for a long time. Now, I part of the reason I chose this, I actually I have plenty of beer in the fridge that I could have chosen. But I actually can confirm he's a bit of an alcoholic. Not necessarily, but lots of alcohol available. That's true. But there's a lot in the fridge, which is better than the sort of alcohol, but there's none left in the fridge. You're right. I Um, support that. I went out and bought this one because I like it, but also because of Earl's response to last week's video. See, when you were reading out the type, (laughs) I thought, well, it's not a stout, so thank the Lord. So a porter traditionally is not as heavy as a stout, but this is an imperial smoked porter. So it's it's going to be probably a bit out there for Earl again. Something weird happened when I first smelt it. I enjoyed it. but like, That's sort of the molasses. It's that dark sugar. Mm. But then on second smelling, it reminded me of last week and I wanted to vomit. Not really. I didn't actually. That's <laughs> dramatic. I'll, that'll be after I taste it. <laughs> I'm going in, folks. I think it smells rich and delicious with a hint of smoke. It's, it's yeah, sort of it, it actually... It is actually a really nice, deep, rich smell. Mm. And all those wanky ingredients they talked about, truffle, etc., that are just there, so it sounds good. Uh, possibly, actually. That's fair. <laughs> I can, you know, it's, if I was a wine snob, I'd be talking about the hints of whatever, blah, blah. Molasses. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the very... Are your eyes watering? Probably. So the very first... Now, I've been, I've been led to believe that we taste different tastes with different sections of our mouth do you know anything about this yeah that, that's accurate as far as i'm aware okay i have not done any research into this far from an expert but i've heard that tip of the tongue different to back of the throat yeah i believe tip of the tongue might be sweet i'm about to confirm sides that. of the tongue i think but I, yeah i don't quote me I'm, either although I, i'm happy to be quoted as an expert well you are being quoted because you're literally recording <laughs> so that's as good as now i'm going to anecdotally confirm that sweet is tip of the tongue because when this first entered my mouth, tip of my tongue, sweet. I got the molasses. I thought, vanilla? ooh. Did you get vanilla in that first bit? Because I definitely did. Maybe. Just a, a nice, rich sweetness. But then when it hit the back into the, the, the rest of my mouth, suddenly I was not having a good time anymore. <laughs> and it was too much. So the sort of uh, the smoky, dark porter got you. <laughs> 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 I'll try and describe what just happened. Now, Earl obviously preferred the, the sort of uh, sweet tip of the tongue flavour than any of the other flavours so far. So he attempted to... The, the glass is probably half full because it was a 440 can. It's more than half. A bit more than half. And I'm just uh, um, disappointed by that. But Earl really tried to reach in there with his tongue just to get the sweetness on the tip of the tongue again. It, which, which almost <laughs> makes me want to bring in a new... And I won't because our rating system is sacrosanct. But... It is flawless. But a tangential something that I'd like to slot in there is... Caveat. A caveat might be just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't quite... haven't quite 
sorted Maybe out. Maybe just the tip could replace Thimble. Possibly. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> because I don't mind that. Even if it, you're, you're right, maybe it's a caveat. Maybe, maybe it's a caveat to Thimble. It's sort yeah. of it's it's in that sort of half a star range. So you you you're not like for you anyway. I, I mean, it came about from the fact this realization that the the tip of my tongue is sweet and everywhere else is rancid. So I will just try and get my tongue in there and nothing else. <laughs> and then it just realized that I was onto gold. So, that is good. Just yeah, the tip. Just I the feel tip. Like that's got to be in this well, somehow. I think we need to sit on it. We'll give it time over the coming weeks. Mm. We'll decide where we think just the tip fits in. Yeah. But just the tip does fit in. It, it, does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. Just the tip nearly always fits in. All the evidence is there. Just the tip is a strong move. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's got to be it. I mean, it's got to be somewhere. Yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. Now, it's so more on the um, It's possible that someone actually wants to hear about it. If you don't like beer, you're not going to like this. That's fair. Max was right. He did deliberately pick this to be mean to me. <laughs> that is accurate. And I think we should reflect on that and just be aware of the kind of person he is. He, <laughs> he finds a beer that I say is the worst beer I've ever tasted in my life. And then he tries to follow it up with something yeah. else that I'll hate. So thanks, yeah. Max. That's brotherly love right there. Yeah, that's all accurate. Um, I'm not going to disagree with any of that, really. It's, it's pretty fair. But in my defense, I do actually, again, I really like this beer and I've had it before and enjoy it. So for me, maybe this podcast is about me bringing on beers that I want to try or want to try again. Because it's hard to justify spending $15 on a, In fact, this one's $20 on a can of beer. So it's hard to justify that. For no purpose. Particularly when... For science and for the podcast. Particularly when half of it is being drunk by someone who really doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm spending $10 on Earl's Disgust. And admittedly, it's $10 well spent and I didn't pay retail. But with those things combined... <laughs> I think... I mean, I suppose that's what brotherly love is. It's really antagonistic hatred with an Willing undercurrent of love. money to really provoke the other one. Not only provoke, but really displeased and upset <laughs> but with love you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> displeased and upset with love, love with yeah, love yeah. yeah that's brotherly love i think that's probably a fair description yeah um so wolf of the willows is a pretty cool distillery i mean they're not a distillery at all the 11.8 percent is getting to me already well said yeah well <laughs> they're said. a brewery beer expert uh, based in mordialic um they make quite a few we stock a few at work and the uh, the head brewer there scott is actually a pretty nice bloke. I suspect, I haven't spoken to him yet, but I reckon he might be possible as a future guest on this podcast. Wow, that's a big call for someone you have not spoken to. Well, I haven't, no, I've spoken to him many times. I haven't spoken to him about the uh, podcast, okay. or at least not since we started it. I think I may have mentioned it to him before we started the podcast. Now, just to be clear, Max is also getting ahead of himself based on our fame. He said, yeah. my work. He works at Mansfield Foodworks yeah. and manages the liquor department there. Yeah, it's the number one foodworks liquor in the country. And for those of our many viewers who do not know him personally, that's good information because then they can come there to find the finest liquor in the district. Especially craft beer. If you want a beer that Earl hates, I will probably have it. That is fair. Now, moving on to our today's topic of sponsorship. Part of it was inspired by the fact that we are actually moving towards a possibility of getting sponsorship. In a very, very loose sense, possibly from multiple air angles. Yeah. I'll hold one of them because this milk could arguably be Ooh, this the is first news, news 
confused. I, Max doesn't know this. So the milk today, and I know we're not onto the milk yet, but the milk today was specifically claimed and gifted to me to go on the podcast. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Was it, I'm assuming not by someone involved with the milk itself, as in with the, the milk brand? It was someone who works at a supermarket, which will not be named. <laughs> Again. Which is a supermarket in Mansfield, which is not Foodworks. Oh. It's from the competition. Really interesting. It's from IJA. I'm not sure who that is. IGA. Oh, I thought you were referring to the person from this place. Oh, no. Insiders call it IJA. <laughs> Do they? At least one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, interesting. But more broadly, sponsorship. What do you think about companies spending a lot of money to get their name out there? How do you know if it's working? Um... I mean, you'd probably argue sales would be a fairly good indication. Done. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we but the, the measure, for example, so one of my interests, which doesn't fit with anything else in my personality, is Formula One. Yeah, I've often wondered that too. And one, Red Bull is a classic example. Red Bull is a company that makes a drink. Yep. <clears throat> and they and spend... Version. Sure. And they spend, I'm going to say billions. It would have to imagine. Billions of dollars on advertising. And it seems to be remarkably successful. Yeah. But also they're not, typically people will sponsor something or someone because it fits with their brand. But Red Bull have gone further where they, I, I was reading somewhere, a lot of brands will try and buy, like they'll get someone who's got a good story, whether that's mm. an athlete, and they will try and attach their brand to that story. Whereas Red Bull is in the business of creating stories. Yeah. So they're not, most brands are sort of trying to, attach, they'll pay to attach to what to cool stuff that's happening. Red Bull Always is following. Yeah. Red Bull is like, no, we're going to create cool shit. Yeah. So. Like the, Red Bull Rampage. Yeah. It, oh. That's the most insane. If you've got six hours or more to look at, you know, watch on YouTube, just have a look at Red Bull Rampage. I mean, we're not even getting paid to say that. Yeah. But it's like people just go into, I think it's like the Nevada desert or maybe all over the place, who knows, and just build these like crazy downhill mountain bike courses. Oh, they're amazing. And they build their own courses and then have to like do tricks and, oh, it's insane. Yeah. It's like that they go out with a team, an athlete and a team. Yeah. And they're trying to build a track to do the biggest, sickest trick and run yeah. down this ridiculous terrain. Now, just to be clear, I don't like Red Bull, the drink. I think it's horribly unhealthy i wouldn't drink it unless i had a really strong re need for caffeine and it was available um you'd almost go so far as to do the cristiano ronaldo push it aside when you're being interviewed even if you're sponsored by them i'm not familiar with that oh oh this is well, if you talk about sponsorship right. i've got to dump this one in there so sure. i think it was i don't know at some point this year earlier in the year now cristiano ronaldo is either he's sponsored by coke or Maybe his team, like Real Madrid, or I don't know, someone was sponsored by Coke. He was in a press conference. Yeah. So there's a Coke sitting in front of him, and he moves the Coke away out of camera and grabs a bottle of water and starts drinking it, and it created headlines <laughs> worldwide because he's snubbed the like official sponsor, and he's like, "I'm not putting that shit in my body." Which, hundred percent, like, and this is the one of the great ironies of sponsorship is that that you're asking for an endorsement. But you're just paying for a name because any most of these products are horrible yeah. and really unhealthy. If you want something healthy, drink water. Like it's almost every drink is we can't is have beer and milk telling people to drink water. I I think that most drinks are just unhealthy. Milk may actually be the exception. 
And even that's contentious. There was a study published recently by go. Monash saying that you were at a far lesser risk of heart disease if you had a drink a day. A drink of what? Was that? That's, I'm skeptical. It was on news.com.au probably. It seems legit. Yeah, I'd like more information. I'm not comfortable well, with that. You call Monash University. It questions my worldview and therefore I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> if it agreed with my worldview, I would take it on board without question and be like, yeah, research, accredited. That does sound like something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to Red Bull. So I don't like it. I think it's really unhealthy, but I love what they do. Yeah. I think they make the world a more exciting place yeah. by encouraging awesome stuff. Yeah. Like And dangerous. Like, yeah. Not, so many companies are always, you look at something like a Disney mm. and the things that they sort of can because it doesn't fit their image and they want it to be family friendly and safe. Mm. And you see someone like a Red Bull who goes in the opposite direction and goes, how nuts can we go? Yeah. And like people, I think, have died doing Red Bull stunts. They've certainly been gravely injured. Mm. Um, because they're willing to push the envelope. Yeah. And, and achieve peak human, I suppose, which is just a really cool pursuit. Yeah. And, and so I've come across it a little bit in whitewater kayaking, which is one of my passions. Mm. And a couple of the top paddlers in the world are sponsored by Red Bull. Now, other sports are much bigger and more popular and get a lot more money, but there are a couple of athletes who get sponsored by Red Bull. And if you're at the top of whitewater kayaking, you're, you're doing life-threatening things. Like, there are plenty of really good paddlers who are keeping it pretty safe but if you're at the top of kayaking of whitewater kayaking you're doing stuff that could kill you and you're being sponsored to do it like these are people who go off huge waterfalls yeah and like there was an athlete uh ed mudrid mudrid i don't even know how to pronounce his second name shredwood um who i met a few times in bc you know went off a waterfall and his before christ that is i'm assuming yeah went off a waterfall and his kayak collapsed because it was, I don't know, 70 feet high or something. Kayak what collapsed. in metres for those that are not American? It's quite high. <laughs> um, and it broke both of his legs, I think, because the kayak just collapsed purely based on the height of the waterfall. Like, these people are just doing crazy things and they're sponsored for it. And I love it because I don't think the world should be ridiculously safe. I think people should be and free. Sterile. Yeah, I think people should be should be educated about what is dangerous, but then free to make choices within that. Mm. And if a company is willing to put some money in that area, I don't know, it's a tough one if you're paying people to do unsafe things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, you can see why that's a slippery slope. That is a slippery slope. Anyway, go Red Bull. I'm happy to have some <laughs> companies who are willing to take that risk. I probably wouldn't if I had a company. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, sponsorship takes many forms. Um, there is in the pipeline the potential of more guests. In fact, we haven't had a guest yet. Yeah, more guests. It's difficult when you had none. But we, we've, we're close. In the pipeline, we've sort of got three guests potentially lined up. We've got an A-grade Mansfield celebrity. You mean the... Well, I'm not sure which one you're referring to. There's almost two of those. Oh, I don't think Andrew Marshall is an A-grade Mansfield celebrity. Gee. I think it'd be... Are you, are you trying to encourage him on the podcast still with that one? Or? Oh, I, th- I would like to have him on, but to call him a Mansfield celebrity, I think, would be... Is that because he's really an out-of-towner? His, his grandparents weren't born in Mansfield, so therefore can't be considered a Mansfield anything? Not necessarily. I would consider myself a B-plus grade Mansfield celebrity <laughs> for my involvement in community groups. Is that and, Andy Marshall, what does he do? He runs a supermarket and he's from out of town. 
Come on. Come on. He gets in the newspaper occasionally, though. What? For what, sponsoring things? Yeah. Yeah, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. He puts someone else's money where his mouth is. Yeah, true. <laughs> Um, but please come on, Andrew. Martin. Yeah, come on the podcast, Andy. <laughs> but the A-grade celebrity is Tess, Tess Rikers. Mm. What makes her an A-grade celebrity? I'm not sure. It's self-proclaimed. But her, she, oh, her, her family's been around for a while. So. Oh, I've heard rumours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So anyway, there's, there's a couple of guests. And then I, I've uh, possibly tracked down a guest. We're still in early negotiations. Uh, money may exchange hands, but we may have someone who actually knows about beer more than me, who's just an enthusiast, who is willing to come on the podcast. And I would love to come and introduce them to Milk. That's that's what I'm most excited about, is trying to get a head brewer for a, a brewery who, re- who specialises in European-style beers, so into the traditional sort of beer scene. Um, it does some pretty cool other stuff as well, but you know that, that's his sort of speciality. I'd love to come have him come on. And see if he wants just the tip of some. I mean, I just want to revel in the fact that Max is more excited about milk than beer in this, in any instance. So I think milk is winning because I mean, early on, it's, we did set this up as a bit of a battle between milk and beer, and so far, all the evidence is pointing towards milk just being a better drink. I think. <laughs> With great bias. Oh, okay. Now, do we want to let's rate this beer? I haven't finished yet because it's a struggle. I think I'm getting better at doing things I don't like. Is that because you're distracting yourself so you're not realising when you're putting it in your mouth? or That or I'm just killing taste buds by drinking disgusting beer. Ah, so you'll like it. So... No, I just won't be able to taste it. You know, yes, because I will have killed so many taste buds with disgusting beer that I'll need something that strong just to activate taste buds in my mouth. It's a great shame. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this is quite... It's very rich and thick. Um... It's a bit like drinking sort of a slightly smoky molasses, and I love it. I'm glad it's a cold day today, because I had a stout on the weekend, and it was hot, and it was three o'clock, and it was horrible. And it was a stout that I've had, I got given a case by a sales rep, and I've probably had over half the case in the past two months, and have enjoyed it nearly every time, and then I had it in the hot weather, and hate it, which I thought was interesting. Was the stout cold? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I just... I think the weather just it wasn't what I felt like. I admittedly didn't even select it. Someone else chose it for me. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just it wasn't what I felt like and I didn't like it. But this one, it's a cold day today here on this Wednesday evening. And I'm enjoying this. By the end of this podcast, is it possible that I will appreciate beer more than milk and Max will just want to drink milk and uh, not beer? I don't accept your premise. You started with saying by the end of the podcast. Now, it's my assumption that this podcast will continue in perpetuity uh there's a fair chance we'll die eventually is there though i mean technology is improving not fast enough i mean there's that sort of exponential growth of technology you don't seem convinced oh it's been surely they would want to preserve the podcast so they'll be really rushing through some of these experimental that's true i I suppose if they figure out how to prolong human life significantly they will select really important people like pillars of society yeah like the beer and milk People. Community, but obviously the heads, and perhaps just the heads. It might be heads in a jar, much like the Futurama yeah. situation. Yeah, so it'll be us and Richard Nixon yeah. um, hosting. Mm. Could happen, but I don't think medical science is. Is that also because Richard Nixon's head probably <clears throat> might be beyond that point? I mean, I'm more thinking about the logistical problems that uh, living forever would cause. 
I mean, imagine the overpopulation problems. But if you just kept an ice and brought out once a week for a podcast. Yeah, but if I was living forever, I wouldn't want to be kept on ice and brought out for a podcast. I'd want more. And I'd be rich enough to pay for it. Yeah, I suppose. After this podcast gets even bigger. Exactly. And by that point, my share portfolio would be huge. <laughs> not, Have uh, you got any yet? Not yet. But, <laughs> you know, give it 200 years and I would. Yeah, even just that money in your savings account might have amounted to something if, if interest is bigger than inflation. Although I'm not earning any interest at the moment because it's in an offset account for my home loan. It's a shame. Yeah. Let's rate this beer. Now, I called it early, which was just the tip, but thimble, really. And the stout from last week. Um, I, You know, it's very close to a sink, but I'm going to give it a thimble because the smell was enough to get me to try just the tip. So at yeah. that point, you're really in the thimble range. Yeah, I think that's fair. I... I I really like it's interesting I had it so this has actually been out for a couple of months so it normally comes out in sort of the middle of winter here um, and in previous years it has sort of hands down been my favorite beer of the year maybe that's sort of a nostalgia element or a bit of a bias because it comes out in my birthday and that experience that I mentioned earlier but this year I had it on my birthday but we didn't have snow and I don't know if it was the combination of that or the fact that on the same day I had another beer that I liked more. Mm. So I, this year I was kind of not, I wouldn't say disappointed, but I suppose I was maybe surprised. Um, but I think actually having sat on it in the fridge for a, you know, a couple of months, I'm actually getting a lot of the flavours that I probably didn't get last time. And then like that vanilla, even mocha, I kind of get like the mocha coffee. Um, I'm getting most of what it says on the can, um, which makes me feel like a beer snob. So I enjoy that. Hurry up and read it. Yeah, I'm going to go gift. I oh, like it a lot. It's got heaps of... It's actually surprisingly subtle. Like the beer... The stout last week, I can see how it kind of hits you in the face a bit. For me, I find it's a lot smoother. And there's a there's a lot of elements, but I, I didn't find anything overpowering. I'm getting closer and closer to calling it a sink. <laughs> I really don't like it. Is that just because I called it a gift? No, it was the progression. Styles? No, the progression was happening as... Max was talking about all the nuanced flavours. I was staring at him in repulsion, and it was not that I hate him. It was that the beer is really unpleasant, and he was talking it up, and it was, yeah, it was a cognitive dissonance going on that was just too much for me. I think that's what really can bring out the best of this podcast, though, is we don't have to agree. That's true, and we rarely will, I imagine. <laughs> Although, from last week, the, the worst of the Bailey's knockoffs with the worst of the milk... I yeah. tried that again and I was like, it's not bad. Yeah. If you want to get, if you want to have a purpose for bad coconut, uh, bad almond milk, which is all almond milk, mix it with bad Bailey's knockoffs and it's not bad. So I found out something during the week about, there's a bit of a follow up to us. Which by the way, was the better Bailey's knockoff according to me. What was the other? O'Leary's. In fact, sorry, it's both of them actually okay. that are affected okay. by this. I'm so excited. So, Genuinely excited. So they're actually a fortified wine-based spirit. So you might think that it's like a, a whiskey liqueur. So Bailey's is a whiskey-based cream liqueur. Um, but the reason the others are so much cheaper, such as half the price, is because wine tax is a lot less than whiskey tax. <gasps> so there's a special wine tax. A flat 29%, um, and the tax on, on whiskey is much higher. Wow. So, yeah, there's a, it's called a wine equalisation tax, which is 29%. And, yeah, that's why. So both of those are... So I think Finbar's... Finbar's is made by DeBortley, I think, or owned by DeBortley Wines. Really? Um, and Kilkenny... 
I can't remember the rep came in for the Kilkenny. But anyway, he was the one that was telling me that, yeah, they're a fortified lime-based spirit. I mean, in some ways, I don't even know what that means, but it is very so interesting. it's like a port, basically, or a musket. So it's like a sweet, uh, strong, you know, grape-based spirit. But why does it look like cream? Well, yeah, that's what's kind of interesting. So I'm assuming they're grabbing the alcohol from the distilled grape, mm. you know, spirit, and then some sort of... Chuck some milk weird... in there. UHT milk, I yeah. imagine, based yeah. on the extended shelf life. That is a great insight to yeah. my products, and I'm very comfortable with that. <laughs> but we, I think we've got to get onto the milk, because this, this has a potential to be a long episode. Yeah, I think we should hurry along. I, it's just because it's so hard to drink that disgusting beer. Yeah, come on, man. That's why. We would have made it on earlier, except I've been I've not been, nursing it. I've been empty it. for the past half hour. I haven't been nursing it. I've been battling. <laughs> but all in all, thank you, Will, for the Willows and Life Distillery. Both the flavour in my mouth and the amazing look of disgust on Earl's face. Alright, so this milk was gifted uh, as a result of someone knowing that we do a podcast about beer and milk. And it is called Milk, spelled... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Spelled M-Y-L-K. I was wondering when we were going to finally get milk on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Now, we are going a a lot of things that are not actually milk that seem like milk but i think that's quite interesting because so many things emulate milk and there's a lot of variety there i wanted to go and explore and lesser degrees of of success yeah so this is i think the brand is rebel kitchen it's dairy free bio organic whatever that means now so far we've been dabbling with milks made of different things but usually it's like just almond or just whatever else like cash no oat oat. Uh, this one is a mixture so it's got coconut cream, brown rice, cashew, oats, and hemp. So it pretty much covers all the bases for fake milk. Yeah, so it's a mixture of the different types of fake milk. And that makes me intrigued. These people, they... How's your shaker weight going? I, I don't know if you've seen the old infomercial about the shaker weight. It was quite a humorous video. Earl's sort of attempting to perform a similar action with the uh, milk. Milk. <laughs> all right. Um, now my it ex- also says improved recipe, so I'm glad we didn't get the original. Oh, you wouldn't want to get that. Obviously, it's much better. I'm concerned that it hasn't been refrigerated. Um, I feel like milk, cold milk, is the way to go, unless it's from the cow, in which case I would make an exception. But I'm not convinced I'd actually love it. There might be a bit. Maybe a, there's some cognitive dissonance actually. Yeah. Hot milk from the cow might be too much for me. I would love to try it. Oh yeah, I would too. All right. So. <laughs> I'm <pretty sure> <laughs> So as I was pouring Max's, mm. something came out. <laughs> now, there was a plop. There was a definite, there was a defined dis- plop. A defined plop. It may even be possible that you could have heard that on the microphone, but it's in, in the middle of the mic. So if it were know. real milk, you'd be thinking some cream just popped out. This is not real milk, <laughs> which makes you wonder what just happened. Yeah, there's a lot of... So there's kind of there's a lot some of, lot of almost look dry looking chunks on the top of mine, as well as some larger kind of wet looking. I don't even think it's cream. It could be like a a slightly curdling yogurt. Well, it's got to be wet because it's sitting in liquid. But... Yeah, but the the smaller pieces look almost like dry pieces. It's, it's almost, almost like bits of it looks dry like coconut. flaked coconut. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there is coconut cream, so it but could I'm just don't, be. But I think they're soft. I'm yeah. touching them, and they feel like cream. There's a bit there in mind that looks kind of like, um, you know, sour cream, if you leave it for too long, the edge can go kind of yellow and 
mm-hmm. and hard. Yeah. I've got a bit that looks like that in there. Um, now, I will say that, just to be upfront, while this was gifted to the podcast, it was free and being thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why. So You don't know why? I don't know why. Surely, if you're accepting something that's being thrown out, you'd want to know why. So the best before is 28th of December, 21. So it's got over a month left. Now, are you supposed to store it? That's unclear. Because <laughs> <laughs> that concerns me. That's been out... What's the time now? I, reckon, I would say that's been out of the fridge at least two hours. It could be a lot more. I don't know when you... Well, I was storing it in my pantry. <laughs> how many weeks? Oh, days. Days. Is it... How do you find out if it's supposed to be refrigerated? Uh, normally, if it says something like refrigerate after opening, it probably yeah. means it's fine. I was looking um, for that. But there should also be a store at some degree, I would imagine, Celsius. Okay, so best before, see your top, shake well... Once opened, keep refrigerated and consume within five days. So okay, so we should might be, be in the clear from that perspective. Um, Having said that, we don't know why it was being thrown out. Maybe it just didn't sell because it didn't taste good. Let's um, taste it and find out. Yeah, alright. Cheers. Score or something. Oh, look at all those bits on your glass. Max is nervous about the chunk. Kind of smell, chunk. I'm smelling some of the oat, which I don't mind the oat smell. The oat is the thing that makes me excited about mm. this, because the oat milk we had before mm. from Uncle Toby's was amazing. The chunks are really off-putting, but having tasted them, it's definitely coconut. At least that chunk was. I agree that I don't rate the chunks. Not terrible, but as Max said, off-putting. I like, I think oats is just the, the key to any... Um, fake milk because the smoothness to the mouthfeel when you're not getting the crunchy mm. bits mm. Um, is nice. It feels like a real milk because it's got that creaminess from the oat. Yeah. Um, otherwise, the flavour's not doing a whole lot. And this is why I want to try a whole range of different milk, fake milks, because I want to know what works. And we're going to continue on in coming weeks with things like macadamia milk, soy milk, because we want to we want to find it all out. Yeah. I- I got a really big chunk in that mouthful. It's just not what you want. If, if you are, let, let's say, putting that in a smoothie or something where you're going to be blending it, mm. it could be fine. Um, it might even work quite well in smoothies because it, it probably brings a little bit of, of, there's certainly a bit of sweetness in there and it's not totally unpleasant, but drinking it straight, the bits are quite off-putting. Like some of them are kind of slimy. They're very slimy. This, mm. this could be an example of us having a bad example of a product because so this is a long life milk substitute all non-refrigerated ones are and the use by date is in a bit over a month it's possible these are old and maybe that's a factor as we said we don't know why it's being thrown out so because it's there are qualities to it but the chunkiness is a problem maybe i didn't shake it well enough you were shaking i shook i shook (laughs) it was uh it was all shook up this is yeah it's actually the flavor's good there's almost like some fatty like oily are you getting oily deposits on the top? Like I'm seeing maybe tiny ones. Yeah, like a like when you have when you've if you've got a pan that you've cooked bacon in two days ago, but you maybe burnt something, and then you put water in it to soak, and you get those fat globules on the top of the water. That was a very <clears throat> unnecessarily detailed <laughs> path to get to oil globules in liquid, which everyone knows what they look like sometimes <clears throat> waxing lyrical is the only reason i get up in the morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so in this case that's what i've done so flavor wise this is a good fake milk mm-hmm. it's just these chunks are really putting <laughs> <laughs> they, they they hop in your mouth and it's a in fact it's a bit like an oyster in some like i've got some really big ones 
mean, if you had oysters, it's that slimy, like, <laughs> like the taste's all right, but do you really want that sliding down your throat? And I sense that if you knew, like, if when you have a milk that has creamy chunks, are you okay with that? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I reckon with that, you know, what you the know creamy it's chunks. cream. Yeah. So when I get a, a creamy chunk in milk, I'm like, mmm, that's the good stuff, because I'm telling my mind just the placebo effect. Yeah. With this, we're thinking, what are the <laughs> <Is> chunks? It's <laughs> so many different ingredients. It's like, yeah. is it just like, you know, gelatinous marijuana? It could be. Um, yeah. From the hemp? Sure. I, I've got no idea. I don't know what it is. I feel high. <laughs> I mean, odds are, odds are it is from the coconut cream. Um, but it's oh, really... I did mention cream yeah. rather than milk. I, I'm con- I feel... That this is actually a well put together milk, but I just don't quite understand what's going on with the chunks, mm. and that could be part of why it was thrown out. Yeah, I don't know about the improved recipe. Well, <laughs> you haven't tried the old one. Yeah, blended plants taste like milk. I mean, it doesn't, and that's the other thing actually. This does not taste like. Yeah, I'm not saying so. no. So I don't think it's unpleasant, but I don't think it tastes like milk. See, last night I was having wheat bix with almond milk because I was trying to finish off the almond milk from the last episode <laughs> so I've forgotten what milk tastes like mm. when I have a real milk again I'll probably blow my mind yeah I'd say so no it doesn't taste like milk uh, like I'm getting the oat milk part yeah which I love I do like that flavour but I, again I don't think it is it doesn't taste like milk yeah it, it says on the on the thing that it tastes like milk but I just don't believe it so I'm going again. I'm wondering if there was extra chunk around the rim. Um, looks What's a bit that? less chunky on second pour. Remember the big plop? Oh, I've got some like black bits in mine. Black? Remember the big plop you had when yeah. it first went in? See on that chunk, there's a bit of like black sort of sediment maybe, I think. I'm now slightly less sure, but I feel like... I think it's just shadows. It could be. And I think maybe I'm just beyond the point of no return of paranoia. I like just drink up, honey. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not going for a... I'll, I'll drink this one because it's, you know, the interest of science. You have to finish. You know, if I'm, I'm going to finish no, a stout, you're no finishing point of I'm not going to finish it. What I'm Good. saying is I'm not going for seconds. Oh, that's fair. Um, which we've done in the past, but I'm definitely not doing that in this case. Because I think it's just... You just don't understand. If something says oat milk, I assume it's oats. Turns out it's mostly water. But at least you can assume, based on what it says, what it is. In this case, it says a word that isn't a word. Yeah. And you've got to assume. And the unknown is not exciting. We tend to be afraid of the unknown. And when you're putting... Not in an opaque liquid that's a bit off-white. Yeah. And when you eat something, often it will taste bad if it defies your expectation. Mm. So I've had I've eaten food before where I taste something and I go, Oh, that's disgusting. Until someone tells me, Oh, that's pineapple. In savory food and then you go oh okay i know what it is now it's okay yeah so the the di- disconnect between expectation and what you're tasting can be really disconcerting yeah, it's got nutritional yeast in it so that's a- so i'm gonna rate it i'm gonna give it a pot really because it's definitely black bits in mine because i think and this might not fit with our science but i actually the flavor is actually quite good for a milk substitute and i'm assuming that the chunks have something to do with the fact that why this milk was thrown out. Maybe it's an old batch or something. There's definitely brown bits in the bottom of that glass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the hemp protein or something, but there's definitely a brown sediment. Oh, tiny specks. <laughs> but again, it just adds to the having no idea what I'm putting in my body. And I know everything I'm putting in my body. Oh, sure you do. <laughs> okay, look, ingredients, spring water, not other water, coconut cream, brown rice syrup, cashew, gluten-free oats, 
hemp protein, calcium carbonate, sunflower seed extract, sea salt, nutritional yeasts. That's it. That's it. None of this just whole milk. No. <laughs> Look, I, I feel that I may have slipped into the category of like when I was bringing milks that were near the expiry date and they weren't performing at their peak and I probably thought I shouldn't do that again I should get quality products may have slipped back into <laughs> the questionable border area where the product doesn't get consumed at its finest I'm just a bit concerned that yeah I mean it's just not milk we know it's not milk I I maybe I, I think I went into this with some decent expectation based around the fact that it had oats and it was a mixture and I thought I read the marketing material and it it sold me. You know, they talked a big game and I and I believed it. And it makes me think that the the bad bits, the chunkiness that Max and myself are dealing with might actually be because this is an old product or something's wrong with this bag. It also says not suitable as a complete milk replacement for children under five years. Not suitable. But that's because milk actually has a lot of benefits because milk is literally a evolved product designed for young creatures. Whereas milk substitutes are a drink that's made to imitate milk without the nutritional benefits. So fats, 1.4% or 1.4%. It's not enough. It's not enough. I think you should rate it and then I think we're ready to sign off. I think we've yeah. been lingering. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a hard one for me to rate just from the perspective of I didn't mind the, the oat part of the flavour, but I think I've just been way too turned around by it. The initial plop is probably what it was. Probably. The plop <laughs> from the plop on, it was down. It was it, a struggle. It was it an uphill was, battle. It was, and I don't think it ever really scaled the heights again following the plop. So, like, in fact, to be honest, if I poured a glass of this for myself <laughs> and then went to taste it and and got the slimy oyster, that's a sin. <laughs> so, so that may not justify that. Like, I feel a bit bad for saying this about the milk. But I think in reality, I would possibly throw that out. Like if, if I'm getting an oyster, noticing weird brown bits, yeah, uh, and it feels weird in my mouth, am I going to keep drinking it? I don't know. I think it might be a sin for me. So this could be the... So I'm tipsy from the poor day, and it could be that tipsy is talking, but I'm just going to make a commitment. I'm going to get this milk again, or the same brand with something similar, and I'll get it not free, not near the use-by date, because I think... There are some real qualities and I want to make sure that we're not being unfair to Rebel Kitchen because when we blow up, we don't want to hurt brands who are trying to get, do good things and make good products. And I'm just not sure if this is an accurate representation of Rebel Kitchens. You might be right. I just don't believe you. All right. But I've seen no evidence to suggest that you're going to correct your previous milks. Whoa. Have, you said yeah. you've brought in old milks on a number of occasions and said that you'd fix it. And not once has there been any indication well, that you're planning on rehashing We haven't had them. enough podcasts. There's still so much milk to get through. <laughs> we'll circle back. We'll get quality products on. We'll get... I, I will buy... When I buy milk now for this podcast, I'm not looking at the reduced section. I'm going... <laughs> I'll go back at the shelf. I'll get the longest use by date I can find. It, but this one was a, a gift to the podcast. So it's a, it's a first. And I think we should embrace that even if the product is questionable. So... In light of that, it being a gift of the podcast, I will give it just the tip. Hey, <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> We've had two Not just so the tips. Not so much as a thimble, but I'll give it just the tip. Just the tip of the thimble. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably a pretty All good right. one. This has been Beer and Milk. I'm Earl. I'm Max. 
See you next week and cheers, Skull. <laughs>